It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Two, one, two. For those who are out there, we want to thank you and welcome you to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on. POET Radio. I'm your host, Black Eyes, filling in for our brother messenger today who's a little bit under the weather. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go live on our our various feeds, our Facebook feed and our YouTube feed also as well. So you can get the Truth Hour and a, and a couple of uh, media forms. One is YouTube and the other one is Facebook. So we want you guys to know that um, you guys, you know, call in. You can watch, too, at a later time or at a later date. And um, it is available for you on those forums, okay? So let me just get this thing up and running. And um, we'll be going live in 60 seconds on Facebook. And then later we, in about another five minutes, we will go live on uh on our YouTube, okay? I'm going to text my mother today. I'm going to see if my mother will call in to listen to the show. Okay, guys, here we go. And five, four, three, two. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Those who are on Facebook Live, we want to say welcome you. We are live on the Truth Hour page. And um, we are on with another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. At this time, we're going to ask all of you all to share to help get this um, word out. Start your watch parties. And um, and do all those good things that you do to help us get this word out. And if you receive the text, then you can actually share this text. You can actually share this text with um, your family members and your friends. And uh, you can also help us get this word out that way also as well. I want to welcome you back. I want to welcome you again to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Now, um, today I'm also celebrating my wedding anniversary today, too. So um, you guys know the routine. So um, if you're out there, let us know where you are tuning in from. Where you are tuning in from, we want to know where you are tuning in from. All right? So let's see who we got out there. Mike Pippins, Crystal Wells. Who else we got out there? Let us know where you're tuning in from. And watching from as we get ready to share this lesson it's called the four elements of God the four elements of God earth air fire water how we can learn so much from God's creation 
we can learn so much, brothers and sisters, from God's creation. That's what this lesson is about, and um, we invite each and every one of you to tune in, share, to experience the Word of God as some of you have never experienced it before in your life. Uh, Krista Wells is tuning in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, thank you, Brother Mike Pippins, who said a happy anniversary to myself. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brother DLJ, let us know where you are tuning in from. Uh, we got Glenda Bryan Thompson from Jackson, Mississippi. We got Rhonda Ford from Pennsylvania tuning in. We want to say thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, and thank you for supporting um, the Word of God, brothers and sisters. Thank you for supporting the Word of God. Again, we are imperfect beings reading a perfect word. Okay, we got uh, L1 tuning in from Chicago, Illinois. We got Grace Campbell tuning in from uh, Chicago. We got Shatia Lowe tuning in from Pennsylvania. Uh, Team Truth Hour represent, represent, represent. Sister Savannah tuning in from Pittsburgh. We got Brother Lionel. Uh, let everybody know where you're tuning in from. Big Mike tuning in from Chi-Town. Chi-Town. Chi-Town is in the building. Let's see. Who else we got out there? All right. And we're giving you guys a few moments to get on and to share the lesson. And while we are waiting for you guys to get on, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, since my man, the messenger, um, is not here today, um, I guess what I'll do while we're waiting is to play a little bit of his album, uh, that I produced, and it's called Faith of a Mustard Seed, and, uh, this is our brother, the messenger. Good evening, good evening. Knoxville, Tennessee. Danielle, I see you. Louisiana. Amber. We got an Amber alert. Brother Lionel, Louisiana. Thomas, let us know where you're tuning in from. Tracy Howard tuning in from Dallas, Texas. And we're asking you guys to share this program. All right? 
We actually you guys to share this program, start your watch parties, do all those things. I think that it is time, my brothers and sisters, for us to go ahead and get into our prayer. And then once we get into our prayer, brothers and sisters, we're going to read off the what we believe. And then after the what we believe, we're going to go ahead and get right into our show. Um, what's up, niece? Michaela, let everybody know which. Oh, there you go. You beat me to it. Charlotte, North Carolina, Brother Jordan Stubbs, let everybody know. South Holland, you're east of me. I'm in Madison, Illinois. Jacqueline Wells, I appreciate you asking you guys to share this video. Let us go ahead and um, start everything off as we should, brothers and sisters, with a prayer. And um, then we're going to go ahead and get into this word, brothers and sisters. All right, let me stand up and face the east. Father God, we humbly come to you this evening, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God. Not so much as to what you have already done, Father God, because we have seen that, but faith tells us that you are even uh, have more work to do in our lives, Father God, and it is that faith that we hold on to, Father God. So that is what we say thank you for, Father God. Father God, we ask that you come into our hearts and our minds and our ears and our lives, Father God, and guide us, Father God. Guide our tongues and guide our actions, Father God, and guide our words, Father God, because we know that you are all-knowing and all-powerful, Father God. We ask that you touch this Bible ministry tonight. Let it heal anyone that has a broken heart or a broken spirit out there, Father God. Let your word go forth, Father God. Allow me to decrease so that you and your word may increase, Father God. We ask these things to your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and start our YouTube, brothers and sisters. And then what we're going to do is go ahead and get right into our lesson for tonight. And we're going to go ahead and start our YouTube in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. <clears throat> okay, guys, we are up and running. I want to say peace and blessings to all those who are out there watching another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour. Here on POET Radio, I'm your host, Black Ice, and your teacher, Black Ice, brother Black Ice, DeAndre Hawthorne. Uh, our brother messenger is not feeling too well today, so I am definitely holding down the fort. I want to say peace and blessings to my team, Team Truth Hour that's out there and always in the building, uh, making sure that the scriptures are read and put in the thread. Um, now, for those who are watching this live video um, tomorrow or anytime after tomorrow or anytime after the live feed ends, then just go about 10 minutes into the um, video, and then you'll go right into the lesson. So tonight, we're going to talk about the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. Again, earth, air, fire, and water. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, before we start, I'm going to ask you one more time, brothers and sisters, to please share the lesson um, so that those in your network who may not even go to church, but they could still get the word in the comfort of their own home on a Tuesday night, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and read off the what we believe because we want to make sure that you know that this is a Bible-based ministry, and it doesn't matter how we personally feel. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we've been told or what we've been taught. The only thing that matters is what you can read. And our motto on this show is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. This is what we believe. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute 
with the use of other variations of the name, but we prefer to use the English name Jesus because we speak English. So, you know, we, we know Yahshua, we know Yahweh, we know all of the various names uh, from the Hebrew to the Latin to the English. But again, on this show, we use the name Jesus, brothers and sisters. We believe that Jesus alone, number two, is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. In the Ten Commandments, the Lord told us, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath day, the Lord's day of rest. All right? So we believe in the Lord's Sabbath day from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Um, We believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. So we are coming up um, this weekend on the day of Pentecost. We believe, according to what the Bible says, that we must, if you are a follower of Jesus and you are a professed Christian, then these are commanded by God days that you must keep. And if you don't know too much about them, then go into Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and read more about them. Or you can reach out to myself or any of the ministers from the Israel of God, and uh, we would share with you what the Word of God says about keeping his feast days, which are high Sabbath days. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the world through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. It has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with nationality. That we are Israelites and the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. You guys see this shirt that I have on, right? It says, I am an Israelite, the chosen of God. And again, Being an Israelite has nothing to do with religion. It has something to do with nationality. We are descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability and knowledge. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar. You must be both. Number nine, we do not believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We do not believe in the Trinity doctrine. We do not believe in the cross. We do not believe in images or holidays that originate in the worship of other gods speaking in tongues without an interpreter, women praying or reading the word without a head covering, and men doing the same with a head covering. So the Bible says that if a woman is praying or prophesying, she must cover her head. If a man is praying or prophesying, he must take off his head covering or his hat. So these are the things that we believe, brothers and sisters, and just so you know what you are listening to the Truth Hour Bible class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, according to the book of Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, they may receive salvation. 
Okay, brothers and sisters, we got that out the way. Now let's go ahead and get into our lesson today, brothers and sisters. The four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. In this lesson, we will learn how God left us lessons in nature on how to be a good servant. If there was no Bible or tablets or scrolls or tablets of stone, there would still be nature. The Egyptians had gods that represented nature. The god Jeb was the god of the earth. And Isis was the goddess of earth and fertility. She was, according to Egyptology, Mother Earth. The god Shu was the god of air. And the god Amun-Ra represented the sun, and he was the fire god. Tufnut was the goddess of fertility and water. So the Egyptians had deities that represented nature. Now, although we don't prescribe to their gods, brothers and sisters, because we know the God that created nature. So we don't worship the creation. We worship the creator who created the creation. The Egyptians were knowledgeable that there were lessons in nature, though. But again, they worship the creation instead of the creator. Here in America, the Native Americans or the ones who were called Indians incorrectly, also use nature to describe their spiritual connections to the Creator. They named themselves after animals like Chief Crazy Horse, Red Cloud, or Sitting Bull. Even the Gentiles today, or the European, names himself after nature. That's why we, the descendants of the transatlantic slave trade, have last names like Brooks, Streams, fruit tree, hawthorn, and even roach. They named themselves after nature, but God named us after himself. He called us Israel, brothers and sisters. In tonight's lesson, we will deal with the nature of God and the four elements and how they are extensions of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's go deep into the word of God, brothers and sisters, and learn about the four elements that God gave us to learn from. We're going to deal with earth first, brothers and sisters. Turn your Bibles to the book of James, the fourth chapter. Turn your Bibles to the book of James, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses 8. Through 12. James, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 12. Now, the word earth is synonymous with the word ground. Being grounded, or the term grounded, is a metaphor for being humble. We say stay humble or stay grounded. So we're going to talk about the wisdom of ground or being grounded or being humble. As we start off this show, brothers and sisters, let's go to James, the fourth chapter, in verses 8 through 12. It says, draw nigh to God, and he would draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning 
and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one to another. Now, brothers and sisters, it didn't say right here, unless somebody did something to you. It said, speak not evil one of another. He that speak of evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that you can judge another? You ever heard the term people said, I don't care what you say, you ain't got no heaven or hell to put me in. Well, this is in essence what the word of God is saying right here. Don't find yourself in the position of judging somebody based on the sins that they committed against you or the sins that you committed when you have committed sins of your own. Now, the sins that you have committed may not have been against them. Nevertheless, there were sins that you have committed. So what makes that person's sins greater than your sins? I'll read that again. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, then you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? We're talking about being humble. We're talking about being grounded. The first element that we're dealing with, brothers and sisters, is ground, is earth. Earth, brothers and sisters. Be earthy, be grounded. You have a Watched Michael Jackson or Prince or Whitney Houston or anyone whom you admire? And you say, man, that's, that's a superstar. But then when you had a chance to meet that individual or to meet that person and you found out they put their pants on one leg at a time just like you. They love their family just like you. They have uh, uh, concerns just like you. Then the next time you meet your friend, you say to them, man, I met Michael Jackson. I met Prince. They were really down to earth. Well, where were they before they were down to earth? They were superstars or stars or on a platform that we in our minds put them on, brothers and sisters. And sometimes we put ourselves on that platform, thinking that we are better or greater than anyone else. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter, the 5th chapter. 1 Peter, the 5th chapter. Let's go to 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, and learn some more, brothers and sisters, about earth, about being grounded, about being humble, brothers and sisters, because, see, this is when you begin to grow in the spirit of God when you get to mature in the spirit of God. Now, there is a science behind this element, earth, and what it means. If the ground is moist and fertile, it can produce great things. So we have hardened our hearts, brothers and sisters. So when someone comes to you that God sends and tries to speak to you, 
and give you wisdom and knowledge and advice? Because of our life circumstances, sometimes, brothers and sisters, our heart is hardened and we can't even receive the word of God because we're too busy looking at who it is coming in the person of. God can use anybody, including you. Again, if the ground is hard and dry, then guess what? No seeds can enter in and nothing can grow out. Never think that you can't learn anything, brothers and sisters. Never think that you can't learn anything new. The devil wants you to be arrogant, to be full of yourself, to make you think that it is all about you. When God wants you to think the total opposite, it ain't about you. When somebody rejects us, brothers and sisters, when we're trying to do good and trying to bring the word to them, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting God. But we're so arrogant and and, and prideful and egotistical that we think that we're the ones that's being uh, rejected, brothers and sisters. Get yourself out of the way. We're talking about being humble. We're talking about being grounded. Let's go to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6. 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 6. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but a ready mind, neither as being lords or over God's heritage, but being examples or ensamples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, which is Jesus, you shall receive a crown of glory. That fadeth not away. We got a little bit of technical difficulty right here, brothers and sisters. Let's see. We're going to pick this right up where we left off. Again, we are at First um, Peter, the fifth chapter, verses one through six. First Peter, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 6. And I'll start that off again. Verse 1. It says, The elders which are among you, I exhort. Who am I also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed? Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, as I said before, that's Jesus, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Did you see what it said? You younger, submit yourselves to the elders. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another, but be clothed with humility. 
For God resists the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. I'm going to read that again. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Do you understand what this is saying, brothers and sisters? Stop looking for man to exalt you and to validate you, brothers and sisters. When you are doing the right thing, when you are doing the good thing or the God thing, it says right here, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You wonder why you have not been exalted yet? It is not time for God to exalt you, brothers and sisters. That's why you have not been exalted yet. And then sometimes we delay the time that, 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 that we have for God to exalt us because we're steady looking for man to validate us to give us that pat on the back, to give us that award by saying, I'm acknowledging what you have done for me. Don't acknowledge me, acknowledge God, because God was the one who used me. We got to get ourselves out of the way, brothers and sisters. Now, we lost the first feed, but we're back with the second feed. So I'm going to ask you guys one more time to share this live video again, because for those who are watching on your shared on your, on your live, we may have lost them too, and that way uh, we can get them back. Some people need to hear this. We're still talking about earth, brothers and sisters, and being grounded and being humble. Let's go to the book of Philippians. Let's go to the book of Philippians, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to the book of Philippians and learn some more about this earth, about being humble, about this ground, brothers and sisters. Philippians, the second chapter. Go to the book of Philippians, the second chapter. I love this Bible because, see, it reminds us so much on what we need to do, brothers and sisters. Philippians, the second chapter. Now, Jesus would not tell you to do anything he was not willing to do himself. He is our example. So it would be wise to look at his life and his ministry. Imagine being a God, stepping down out of heaven, lowering yourself to the level of a man for one purpose, to sacrifice yourself or to die in order to save man. This is what our Lord and Savior Jesus did. I don't see nobody out there trying to die for somebody else, brothers and sisters. I just don't really see that too much. Not only that, but for the sins of the whole world. We're still talking about earth and being grounded and being humble. Let's go to Philippians, the second chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. It says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. Now, for those of you all like me who are hip-hop heads, 
came up in the 80s as teenagers, you used to listen to a group called X-Clan who used to say, Vanglorious. And we didn't really know what that means, but that means to be arrogant. It means to be full of one's self, brothers and sisters. You have the word vain, and you got the word glory together in a compound word. Let me read it again. First uh, Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So we go through this life, sometimes we're just worried about ourselves. We're not trying to look out for anybody or, or, or do anything for anybody else. We're just looking out for ourselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And this is why we say, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When you think about this, brothers and sisters, when you think about what he did for us, how can we begin to think so much of ourselves when if we have the opportunity to be in the position that Jesus was in, we'll do like Peter. We'll deny him more than three times. But I don't know no Jesus. Who, who are you talking about? You, Jesus' right-hand man, Peter. But when they asked you if you knew Jesus, I don't know that man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know him. You denied Jesus three times because the cross that Jesus bared for us is too heavy of a burden for us to carry, brothers and sisters. And if they didn't like Jesus, then what makes you think they're going to like you? If they deny Jesus, what makes you think that they're not going to deny you, brothers and sisters? Humble yourselves. It is not about you. It's about God, brothers and sisters. Let's go to our last verse on ground, and then we're going to go to air. We're talking about the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. Again, earth, air, fire, and water, brothers and sisters. You know, I, I teach this lesson sometimes in colleges, and I don't necessarily go this direction in the colleges per se where I actually read the scriptures, but it's the same thing, brothers and sisters, on a spiritual level. We got to, brothers and sisters, acknowledge God in all that we do and understand that Whatever path he has for us to take, which includes all the bumps, 
and the bruises and the sickness and the knockdowns and the setbacks, brothers and sisters, is all for a setup. Your setbacks is all for a setup. And what is he setting you up for, brothers and sisters? He's trying to see if you qualify for everlasting life. This is what this is all about. We're all going to die, brothers and sisters, at one point in time or another. I'm not afraid of this coronavirus. My wife, brothers and sisters, tested positive for the coronavirus. She went through all of the symptoms. She had fevers the first three nights, two or three nights. She had massive, extreme headaches, brothers and sisters. Well, I would just have to just rub her body just, just to console her. She took the Tylenols to break the fever. Eventually, the fever broke. Eventually, the headaches went away. And then after the headaches went away, there was, there was nausea and there was no taste and no smell. But here, brothers and sisters, I can declare to you tonight that a little bit after 14 days since she came down with her first symptoms, that God has healed my wife. On our anniversary today, brothers and sisters, God has healed my wife. No more fevers. Little to no headaches. Little to no more nausea. Got her taste and her, her smell almost 100% back. That ain't nothing but God, brothers and sisters. And not once was our faith shaken. We moved about our everyday lives, brothers and sisters, like we knew for a fact that God was going to heal her body. It's not what you're going through. It's about your attitude during what you're going through, brothers and sisters, that test your faith and your character. God wants to know that you believe in him even in your worst situations, in your downtime when you're going through and hitting rock bottom. God wants to know that you still believe in him, although the answer ain't came yet. Although you haven't gotten out of your situation yet, God wants to know that you still believe in him. And how do you prove to God that you still believe in him? You don't complain. You don't act as if the devil is winning. You don't act as if life has gotten the best of you. You act as if your, your, your best days are to come, brothers and sisters. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You are God's evidence, brothers and sisters. And when people looking at you, they're looking for evidence in you that God exists. But what are we showing people with our attitude and with our character, brothers and sisters? We've got to get it right. We've got to get humble. We've got to get earthy, brothers and sisters. Let's close this thing out. Luke 14, close it out as far as earth is concerned. We keep looking for the approval of man and how many likes we get on our social media pages. Look at all these entertainers who man exalted. It is man that tears the same man and woman that he exalted. Exalted is the same man that tear them down. Again, don't look for man's approval. Humble yourselves and stay, stay, stay grounded. Stay earthy. 
God gives you his word that he will exalt you. When God exhausts you, exhausts you, brothers and sisters, no man can tear you down. Let's go to Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 11. Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 11. When thou art bitten of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest the more honorable man than thou be bitten of him or invited. And he that bade thee invited thee, and him come and say to thee, Give this man place. And you begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bitten, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee or invited thee comes, he may say unto you, Friend, I want you to come up here and sit in the front row. Go up there and sit higher. Then shall you have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. So, brothers and sisters, we look. I said we. I'm including myself. We look for the front row, brothers and sisters, or the good seat, brothers and sisters. And this is why most of you all that attend the Israel of God in Riverdale, Illinois, you don't see me unless you come all the way back against the back wall, brothers and sisters, because I am there for one purpose and one purpose only, to let my senior pastor, Brother Bowie, Teach me the word of God, brothers and sisters, with no distractions. So my seat is the furthest seat that you can go back in the Israel of God until you get to the lobby. My back is literally up against the wall, brothers and sisters. So again, let's not be concerned about being seen. Let's not be concerned about being heard when it comes to this word of God, brothers and sisters. Lay your word down, whether they pick it up or not, it's not your problem. Your job is to just do what God sends you out to do and commands you to do. And then you can wipe your hands of it and you can say, Lord, I did my work that you commanded me to do. I went out there and I taught your word, brothers and sisters. This is why we use the term being down the earth. Now let's talk about air. Again, for those who tune in late, we're talking about the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. We've already shown you in scriptures that earth is synonymous with the word ground, and grounded is the metaphor that we use when we say be humble. But let's talk about air. Now, we don't see air, brothers and sisters, yet we see the evidence or the effect that it has in this world. The air would be similar to faith. When the wind blows a flag, brothers and sisters, when the wind blows a flag, we never see the wind. But when we see the flag move, brothers and sisters, this is evidence that wind or air exists. This is how God wants us to have faith in him. 
the element air is one of our best examples of having faith, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Hebrew, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And we're going to go ahead and read verse 1. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, talking about faith, brothers and sisters. Now, we teach here on the Bible Show Truth Hour that you must establish a subject matter when you're reading a chapter. So the subject of this chapter is faith. Let me start back at the top again. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith, that's your subject. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, what you mean it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered a good, a more, uh, unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We don't believe that God is really going to reward us, brothers and sisters. And this is why we look for reward for man. And then when we don't get the reward that we're looking for from man, we get upset, and we get disappointed, and we get frustrated. Man can never give you what God can give you, brothers and sisters. We're talking about having faith. We're talking about air, brothers and sisters. Let's, let's move a little bit further in the term air. Turn your Bibles to Luke, the 8th chapter. Now, when you have faith, you also have hope. And when you don't have no hope, you don't have no faith. You will always be dissatisfied and disappointed. You will always complain. You will always be down and depressed because you don't know the majesty of God. Faith and depression cannot exist in the same space at the same time. Faith and dissatisfaction cannot exist in the same place at the same time. You cannot complain and have faith at the same time. Brothers and sisters, you cannot say that you love him and not be prepared to prove it. How do you prove it? With your faith. Let's go to the book of Luke, the 8th chapter. Luke, the 8th chapter, and we're going to read verses 22 through 25. Luke, the 8th chapter, verses 22 through 25. And it reads, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. 
And there came down a storm of a wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, afraid, wandered, saying one to another, I'm sorry, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of water, and they ceased, and they were calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wandered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Brothers and sisters, we have strong winds going on in our life right now. And it seems like it is blowing you from left to right. And your family members are tripping and your, and your friends are tripping and the waters are very violent, brothers and sisters. Everything around you seems to be roaring, seems to be raging. People have lost their mind. The spirit of fear has swooped amongst this world, brothers and sisters. But can you be calm in the midst of the storm? See, when you have faith, brothers and sisters, no matter what's going on all around you, you can still be calm and not be shaken and not be frustrated and not have the spirit of fear and not have to wonder what's going on in this world because God has already told you and showed you in his word what's going on in this world, brothers and sisters. Oh my God, you got to have faith. You got to be calm, brothers and sisters. And that's how you show people the evidence that God exists in you. When you walk around calm, not frowning all up in the face, not cursing people out. I got coworkers that come to work every day. And it seemed like they upset. How can you be upset at 7 o'clock in the morning? You just woke up. There's no presence of faith, brothers and sisters. And there's no faith. There's no hope. Change is going to come. But are you patient enough to wait on God, brothers and sisters? We're talking about air here on the Bible show, True Power, the four elements of God, earth, air, Fire and water, earth, air, fire, and water. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 21st chapter. The book of Matthew, the 21st chapter. And let's talk some more about faith. Let's talk some more about this air, brothers and sisters. It is so important to walk around with faith and not be shaken by by what's going on in this world. Let's go to Matthew, the 21st chapter again. And let's learn some more about air or faith. Don't you know and understand that you have the power to rebuke the storm in your life? It may seem like you're drowning in debt, in problems that got you all worried. I always say that faith and fear cannot occupy the same space At the same time. Matthew 21, and we're going to do verses 18 through 22. 
Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Now in the morning as he hungered, uh, I'm sorry, now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing therein, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have no faith and doubt not, I'm sorry, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. We are dealing with mountains in our life, brothers and sisters. We are dealing with monumental issues and monumental mountainous problems in our lives, brothers and sisters. But Jesus said if we got faith, we can say to the mountain, let it be moved and it be moved, brothers and sisters. In other words, what he's saying, brothers and sisters, is that you can walk in this world and not let the cares of this world affect you. And even if they do enter into your world and into your space, brothers and sisters, you remember the serenity prayer where they say, God, grant me the power to change the things that I can change? And accept the things that I can't change? And give me the wisdom to know the difference between the two? Are you wise enough to know what you can change and what you can't change? The things that you can't change, let it alone. Give it to God. Stop trying to do God's job for him. Let's turn our books back to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Now, you can't say that you believe in God. And again, you're always complaining. No, you really don't believe or know God because if you knew him, you would understand that he is humbling and weaponizing you. Like air, you may not be able to see the solution, but it's always been there. I mean, you may not be able to see yourself finding your way out of this hole that you've been in, but like air, the solution exists. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28, and it reads, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus had one mission. And that was to retrieve us, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread 
and cast it to dogs. Jesus called this woman a dog, brothers and sisters. She was a member of another nation of people. And Jesus was sent to the children of Israel. But although she wasn't an Israelite, this woman had faith, brothers and sisters. So faith changes things. And this is what Jesus said to the woman in Matthew 15 and 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. What you've asked me for, I've granted it to you. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour, brothers and sisters. So it doesn't matter whether you are black or white. It doesn't matter whether you are an Israelite or a non-Israelite, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter whether you are male or female, old or young. What matters is that you have faith, brothers and sisters. You can get out of that situation you're in. You can live with your health problems. You can live in the midst of the storm that you're going through. All you got to have is faith. God will provide a way for, for you, brothers and sisters. We are almost there. We are almost there. Let's talk about fire. Let's talk about fire. Why does God allow us to struggle? Why does he make us to go through the fire? Some of our ancestors may have asked, when would slavery end? And some today may ask, Lord, when will our oppression end? Just saw on the news the other day about a man in Missouri. On videotape, police officer had his knee on the man's neck, and the man ended up dying. How many more of our people have to die? How many more of our people, brothers and sisters, have to go through the things that we've gone through in this country and in, 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 in this nation, brothers and sisters? But although we see what we see, we know the word of God, and we know that it is the time of the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. So unfortunately, we also know that more things like this will continue to happen until Jesus returns, brothers and sisters. So we have to stay focused, continue to fight for our rights, continue to save as many of our people as we can, brothers and sisters. Continue to teach our young people to obey the law of the land. And thank you for correcting me, Sister Bethany. It is uh, Minneapolis where the man was killed, and it's all over the news right now. But brothers and sisters, why does God allow us to struggle as a nation and in our own lives? I'm here to declare to you right now there is a purpose for your pain. There is a purpose for your pain. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. The book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. And we're going to start at verse 11. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. We're going to start at verse 11. There is a purpose for your pain. We're going to start at the 11th chapter, and we're going to read down to verse 14. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an 
to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. That's the issue. We know the name Jesus, but are we really searching for him with all of our heart? Because, see, we can't find him without opening up the book. You want to find Jesus? Open up the book, brothers and sisters, and begin to read his word. That's how you find Jesus. He said at verse 13 again, And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all nations and from all the places where I have driven you. See, brothers and sisters, we blame the white man. We blame the Gentiles. We blame the Europeans for enslaving us. But the Lord right here in the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, he said at at verse 14, And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I have caused you to be carried away captive. That's faith, brothers and sisters. See, when you have faith, you don't worry about blaming people. You don't worry about pointing the finger. Because God will move in your life. Last week's show was called God's Dirty Work. Don't you know that God got to use some people to do his dirty work? They're doing their job, brothers and sisters. You can't get mad at nobody for doing their job. They're on an assignment. You just got to worry about staying focused, keeping the faith, continuing in your walk, and let, letting people see Jesus in you, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of First Corinthians. Um, Sister Key, I'm going to skip the Genesis um, verses. Let's go to the book of First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. You have struggle in faith. Fight with hope and overcome this world. First Corinthians 13 and 7. First Corinthians 13 and 7. We're talking about air, brothers and sisters. And air represents faith. It represents faith. You can't see God, but you know he exists. You can't see the solution to your problems that you've been going through, but you know it exists. Why? Because you have faith, brothers and sisters. You have faith. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to start this off at verse 6. It says, Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. The race is not to the swift, brothers and sisters. It is to he who endures to the end. This whole thing is about salvation. This whole thing is about everlasting life. And this is why Jesus says, I have come to, he says, the thief cometh to do nothing but steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. 
It's not talking about riches and cars and clothes and jewelry. It's talking about everlasting life. How more abundant a life can you live than a life that you cannot die from? So this is what we shoot for, brothers and sisters, because we can't take no cars with us when we die. We can't take no money with us when we die. The Egyptians tried that, brothers and sisters, and guess what happened? Tomb raiders came and raided their tombs. So we can't take nothing in this world with us. So why should we be so excited about the things that this world have to offer, knowing that at the end of the day, we can't take it with us? Ain't nothing wrong with living good and living comfortable. But when you can't get some of the things that you desire, brothers and sisters, that's when you got to check yourself. That's when you really got to check yourself because, see, some people don't have the basic things that you have. And many of us during this quarantine, we just want to go outside to the park or to the lakefront or to the beach. See how you took that for granted? Just being able to go outside, we took that so much for granted. Some people can't even go outside. They're confined to their homes. And now you know how they feel because now many of you are confined to your homes longer than you would like to be. But think about our brothers and sisters who are handicapped or they're on oxygen tanks or they're on walkers or or canes or they're quadriplegics and they really can't get around like you can get around. We take the simple things for granted. The fact that we got two legs to stand on. There are people whose legs have been amputated. We got eyes that we can see out of. There are people who are blind and cannot see. We have tongues and mouths that we can speak. There are some people that cannot speak. Some people don't have a roof over their head or food on their table or clothes on their back. Who are we to complain about anything, brothers and sisters? But that's where faith comes in at, and that's where air comes in at. Turn your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastics, the ninth chapter. Now, when you do this thing with full faith, brothers and sisters, and belief in God, then you will start seeing things in your life begin to change. Stop looking for a Band-Aid solution to your struggle. We don't feel good, so we go have sex, and we cover it up with sex, and as soon as you have that orgasm, your problems pop back up or show back up. Or we go to the liquor store, and we go get that liquor. And then as soon as we come down off being tipsy or being drunk, your problems pop back up. Or we use marijuana or loud or casual drugs, brothers and sisters, but as soon as you sober back up and come down off that high, your problems pop back up. You have to learn how to navigate and move in the midst of your problems. Don't worry about making them go away. As long as you live on this earth, you're going to have problems. So why should I worry about a temporary solution when I can worry about a permanent solution? Learning how to live despite my problems. 
learning how to smile despite my problems, learning how to have faith and move and smile and be peaceful in my mind and in my spirit in the midst of my problems. God wants you to see this thing all the way through. We live in a microwave society. We love the convenience of being comfortable. When God wants you to be uncomfortable, he wants to make you uncomfortable so that you can move towards him. See, sometimes tragedy brings you to God. Sometimes loss of a loved one brings you to God. Sometimes that divorce brings you to God. Sometimes that health problem, when the doctor says you have cancer, or you have some terminal type of end. Sometimes that brings you to God. God wants to make you uncomfortable because he tried to bring you to him without you being uncomfortable and you wasn't listening and we wasn't listening. So now he has to create a problem in your life where it forces you to be pushed towards him. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, verses 10 and 11. Let's read that. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where we go. So eventually we're going to die. And once we take that last breath, there's nothing else that we can do to make it right with God. Verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor to the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. So we look at other people. We look at their nice homes and their nice cars, and it appears as if they got the perfect marriage. It appears as if they got money to pay all of their bills. It, it appears as if their children are very obedient and they don't have no problems. But, oh, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, if you only knew what was going on behind closed doors, so don't worry about things that you can't change. Don't worry about how someone else is managing their life. Let them work that out with God. And if they ask you, brothers and sisters, go to the book and show them, according to book, how God wants them to live and why he wants them to live the way that he desires for them to live. Show them that God wants us to keep the commandments, that he wants us to keep the Sabbath day, that he wants us to keep the dietary law. Start off with small things that they can understand. Let them know that God in Leviticus, the, um, the 23rd chapter, wants us to keep his feast days. Begin to invite them with you to Bible study or to Bible class. And if they can't go, let them tune in. On Tuesday to the Bible Show Truth Hour, or to Wednesday, come into my room, or Thursday, the Bomb of Gilead, or early Sabbath morning, the Wake Up Show, or the Sabbath Lesson, 
at the Israel of God, brothers and sisters. There are many Bible-based ministries where we're not just giving sermons, personal testimonies, and just telling you how God delivered us. No, brothers and sisters, there is a time and a place for that. But when we are teaching the word of God, which this is a class, a Bible-based ministry, we got to open up the book and read the scripture. See, when you're just giving a sermon or a personal testimony, someone who's listening to you may leave out of that place on an emotional high and say, man, God is so good. Did you see how pastor told us how God delivered him? And did? But when people ask you, yourself, what do you know about the word of God in the Bible? You can't answer that question. All you can answer is about pastor's personal testimony or how good God is and how God delivers us, but there's power and strength in the word because, see, Satan going to come right behind that. And he's going to try to shake your faith. And you're going to have to know what scriptures to rely on to resist the devil when he comes because he's going to come in and through your love for somebody. You're going to try to defend somebody like Peter did, Jesus. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Or you're going to try to be like Job's wife, who really loved her husband, but through her love, Satan got to her and said, why don't you curse God to his face and just die? Satan will come through your hurt, your pain, your love, and you got to know the words that are written in this book to resist the devil when he comes. So sermons are not enough. Personal testimonies are not enough. Preaching is not enough. We've got to teach the word of God as it is written in this book called the Bible, brothers and sisters. Let's talk about water, and we'll close with this. We only got three more places to go. Let's talk about water. Studying the nature of water, we learn how to be flexible. Water can be weak, and it can be strong. Water can be, can be controlled like in the form of dams, and water can destroy a whole city with hurricanes. Y'all remember Hurricane Katrina? That was water. Tsunamis, rain and floods, whatever in your life you're going through, you have to learn how to be flexible and manage in that current environment that you are in. In time, God would change things. But until then, you have to learn how to be content for the moment that you are in, brothers and sisters. Let's go to back to the book of, let's see. I want to make sure that I'm not doing any repeat scriptures. Let's go back to the book of Philippians. But this time, we're not going to go to the second chapter. We're going to go to the book of Philippians, the... Fourth chapter, <clears throat> Philippians, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read verses 8 through 13. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 13. We've got to learn how to be like water. We've got to learn how to be flexible. We've got to learn how to navigate within the environment that God has allowed us to be placed in. If you put water... In the bottle, 
Water takes on the shape of the bottle. If you put water in a cup, water takes on the shape of the cup. If you put water in the tube or the container, water takes on the shape of the container. We have to learn how to be flexible, and no matter what environment we're put in, we have to learn how to thrive and to exist within that environment. We have to learn how to be like water. We have to learn how to be flexible. Let's go to Philippians, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read verses 8 through 13. Philippians 4, 8 through 13. And it reads, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, I have learned that whatever environment or state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We got to learn how to be flexible in the environment that we have found ourselves in, even in the state of COVID-19 and this coronavirus. We got to learn how to exist. We got to learn how to be content without doing the things that we normally do or taking pleasure in the things that we normally would take pleasure in, brothers and sisters. Take advantage of this downtime and get to learn God a little bit more than you knew him before you had to quarantine, before you had to stay in the house. Use and take advantage of this time to get to know God a little bit more for yourself. Be flexible, even during this current crisis, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and I want to make sure that I didn't repeat this scripture because I do know that we went to Hebrews, and that was the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 5. Brothers and sisters, man, I just want to tell you, man, that God is good. Not having my brother, the messenger, here with me. To help me with these lessons is real tough when you're reading and teaching at the same time, brothers and sisters, but this word has to go forth. And although it's a struggle physically to get through these lessons by yourself when you're reading and you're teaching, it must be done because life and death depends on this word. There may have been somebody watching and listening that 
contemplated committing suicide tonight. And the lesson on the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water, maybe that changed somebody's mind. Maybe it moved the spirit of Satan out of them and put the spirit of God in them. Of course, with the word, I have nothing to do with it, just being obedient and being a vessel that's used to get this word out, brothers and sisters. Now, who among us can be a leader and a follower at the same time? When you teach and share this word, you have to be flexible. Learn how to give the beginner's milk, not meat, and learn how to give the knowledgeable, the heavier food or the word. So there are many people who are watching tonight, and maybe they're not used to going into the Bible and reading the word of God. Maybe they're used to just listening to a lecture or a sermon, or a speech. Maybe that's how they got the word of God. Maybe they're not used to it being delivered where we actually go into the scripture and read throughout the lesson or the class. For those people, I want you to know that God is patient with you. There is a point in time in my life when I didn't know some of the things that I know now. So we are patient with you, brothers and sisters, and we invite you in. We invite you to keep watching, to keep learning, to keep listening, and to keep reading. That's the most important thing. When we do these lessons, we ask that you bring your Bible with you because we want you to read the Word of God with us. It's something different that happens in your spirit when you're reading the Word of God for yourself and with us, brothers and sisters, as opposed to just listening to us read the word of God to you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you got to trust me on this. God is going to give you inspiration and revelation that you never had, knew or thought that you could know before when you read this word. So please, next Tuesday, bring your Bibles with you, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 5, and it reads, then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and worldly sanctuary. But there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shewbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, which is the body of Christ. I'm sorry. After the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, I'm jumping the gun, but I'm going somewhere with this. It's showing you what they had back in the day under the time of Moses and how they had a tabernacle that was made with hands. Let me continue, though. Which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant the Ten Commandments, and over it cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. So that was the tabernacle that we used to have. Let us go down to 9 through 14. Hebrews 9, and we're going to start at verse 9 through 14 which was the figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. 
So see, back then, brothers and sisters, you had all kind of things. You had animal sacrifice. When you sinned, it would cover your sin, but it wouldn't forgive your sin. You had a tabernacle back then made with hands, brothers and sisters. But listen, verse 10, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, that was his body that he sacrificed for us, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Brothers and sisters, we have an intercessor that's interceding for us between us and the Father. And he is standing in the gap, brothers and sisters. And the way we connect to the one that's standing in the gap is getting into his word. You've got to be like water. You've got to be flexible. I know that we didn't grow up like this in the church, reading the word like this for ourselves. We came to get the word that someone else was giving to us, brothers and sisters, but we didn't read it. We listened to it. We listened to someone taking a couple of verses and say, well, our, our sermon today is going to come from this book, and then they close the book up, and they put it down, and then they begin to speak and talk. We got to get this word, brothers and sisters. This is how we become flexible. This is how we become like water. This is how we learn how to exist in our current environments. Let's close out with this last place. We are not just learning to live right to be good to people. We are learning to live right to live forever in the kingdom of God, which will be here on earth. This is the reward. This is the promise, and this is our hope. Let's go to Revelations, the third chapter, verse 20. Revelations, the third chapter, And we're going to go with verse 20, Revelations 3 and 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. You are the body of Christ. You are the church, brothers and sisters. He, Satan thought he was doing something. 
by shutting down the church, but the building is not the church, brothers and sisters. The church are the sons and daughters of God who are in the building. So, brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, I want to say this, and this would be my final word. The four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. God uses his creation, and he uses nature, brothers and sisters, the simple things that we can look at and see every day. When Jesus spoke in parables, he used things that we can understand on an earthly level so that we can understand things on a spiritual level. Earth, air, fire, water, those are earthly things. But on a spiritual level, being humble, having faith, being able to go through the struggle, and being able to be flexible, those, brothers and sisters, are the spiritual lessons that you can get from the four elements of God. We thank you so much for your time. For those who are on YouTube, Please go to Facebook and like our Facebook group page. It's called The Truth Hour Bible Show. And for those who are on Facebook Live, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's called Truth Hour TV. And if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keyword Truth Hour, brothers and sisters, to 312-719-7310. Again, text your name. Um, someone from Team Truth Hour, please put the number in there. Um, someone, um, text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310, and that way we can send you a text message right before we go live. And you will get a reminder that the Truth Hour Bible Show is about to go live on the air, brothers and sisters. And we thank you again. We're going to go ahead and pray out. I want to thank you, YouTube, for, or for, for watching and listening. Please share this lesson, YouTube. And we want to thank you and say peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Good night. Now, for those who are on Facebook, I want to um, say that I thank you for listening. And if you would like to call, And let us know what you thought about tonight's lesson. Then you can call this number, 605-562-0444, and the ID is 986-96-POUND. And if it asks you for a pen, then just put one pound in there. I'm going to put that right in the comment section right there. It's going to pop up. We would love to hear from you, somebody on Team Truth Hour. Um, Call in. Let us know what you thought about today's lesson. I'm going to bring um, a brother who's on, 773-808. This is our brother, Brother Duncan Ellington. Um, He's been definitely watching, listening, and following the Bible show Truth Hour, and uh, he's on the line. I'm going to bring him on and ask you, um, what did you think about the lesson today, brother? Hello? Hey, yes, sir. Uh, God bless you, Black Ice. Uh, I never heard the elements expressed in that way. 
Uh, I got this book called The Anatomy of God. I ain't read it all, but it was real interesting how you use the elements to perform us to be humble to the creator's uh, 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 creator's character that he wants us to walk in. So I was blessed by that. I definitely thank you, brother. And, you know, the most important thing is to use those scriptures, you know, to back up um, the lesson. And, um, you know, I know that you are very conscious and knowledgeable, brother. So I definitely appreciate you being on, brother, and being able to follow us with this lesson so we can give the spiritual perspective of the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. And tell the family I say hello. All right, then. God bless you, and God bless the ministry. Thank you, brother. That was our brother Duncan Ellington calling in from Chicago. I'm going to stand up and face the east and pray. And if you guys would like to uh, call into the show, then you can call into the show now while, while I'm um, standing up and saying the prayer. And, again, that number is in the comment section that um, 605 number, 562-0444, that 605-562-0444 number is in the comment section, and I will put it in there one more time while I stand up, face the east, and pray and thank God for this beautiful lesson, and again, continue to pray for uh, my family, uh, and uh, I'll pray for yours, and Brother Messenger, who couldn't make it here today because he wasn't, was not feeling well, also as well, so... Uh, let me go ahead and stand up and pray. And the number, I just put the number in there again. And if you would like to call in, you can call in and use that number. And I want to make sure, Sister Key Israel, that they are getting that number that I'm putting in there. And if you guys can see the number, let me know that you can see the number. I want to make sure that I'm putting it in the right, in the right feed. Oh, I'm not putting it in the right feed. No wonder you guys didn't get it. It's 605-562-0444, ID 98696-POUND, and the pin is 1. Here's the number right here if you would like to call in to the show and um, give your feedback. Give your feedback on what we just discussed tonight. Um, do so at this time. Let us go ahead and stand up and face the east in front. Father God, we come before you once again, Father God, and we say thank you for another powerful lesson, Father God. This is all you, Father God. I take no credit in what happened tonight, Father God. May your words tonight, Father God, touch someone that may be going through something and not understanding quite what they're going through, Father God. Let them know that you are here with them, Father God, but they must be humble. They must have faith, Father God. They must understand that Struggle is a part of life, and they must understand that no matter what environment that they're in, just like water, they have to be flexible, Father God. We ask that your word went forth to heal those who were listening, Father God. We ask that you bless them. Bless everyone that is in listening ear of my voice, Father God. We ask that you touch any of those that may be sick or may be afflicted by this virus, Father God. Touch those who are ministering your word, Father God, and ministering your truth, Father God. Bless them. Bless all your, your, your soldiers for your word, Father God. We ask these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, brothers and sisters, again, today is my um, wedding anniversary, so um, I am about to go back and uh, spend time with my wife. I'm smelling something she cooked, uh, and it's very, <laughs> it smells very good, and I am hungry. And so, brothers and sisters, um, again, we thank you so much. Um, tune in this Saturday, brothers and sisters. We got a surprise for you. Tune in Saturday. Um, we're going to go ahead. The Truth Hour is going to support our brother Aza on the Wake Up Show. And um, we're going to bring a powerful lesson and, and, and a combination of these two powerful um, um, Bible classes, the Wake Up Show and the Truth Hour. So definitely tune in, brothers and sisters, this Saturday morning, uh, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. And um, peace and blessings until next Tuesday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.